Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. Yeah, it um, actually is another episode. We're yes, back. We are, y'all. We missed you. We did. And, and before I get into the whole spiel, because I got a whole spiel for tonight. We do. Um, we actually have plans. We have plans. I wrote happens. some notes down. That episode happens when you have some time. I know. And you don't feel like you're desperately running from, from one stop to the next. And that is unfortunately kind of what was happening for us. We, yeah, it was. Uh, Got off schedule a little bit. We had some plans because it's summer, busy, and things are happening. Um, and so we, we were just, it was causing a lot of stress. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we were like, we were going week to week, and, you know, we kind of came out of mental health month kind of mm-hmm. tired, exhausted, um, in a good way, you know, doing kind certainly. of a lot of great episodes coupled with some charity streams and events that, you know, that we was associated with the cast and, we did another one for the Trevor Project in part of June. We did, you know, some stuff to highlight LGBT kind of uh, cons- well issues, awareness, however it was, leading us into kind of end of July without a clear good plan after two months of it. And really a, without and, a clear schedule. And yeah. I think if you look, we didn't get out. We didn't even get an episode every week because there was just a, a week or two where we just ran out of time. We did. We ran so out we of time. Everything scheduled and. So I want to thank everyone for, for you know, their patience with this. I know in the past we've taken some breaks too and our community always comes back. And we're so grateful that you come back to listen to us when we, after we take these breaks. But, we, you know, we want, to, we, we want to practice what we preach. We talk a lot about mental health here. And for us, it was important to take that step back and to take some time to prepare and, and get some stuff ready and get some stuff organized and kind of feel in a better place for us. And then... I don't know about you, Hobbs, but I'm definitely feeling there myself. Oh, I'm feeling so much. I mean, and I, yeah, I will flat out say I was feeling kind of burnt out. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. We're coming back in September, which <laughs> in some ways is kind of hilarious because it brings us straight into Suicide Awareness Month and Suicide Prevention Month. And, you know, we've done episodes on suicide and suicidal ideation in the past. We're starting off this month, you know, we've actually got some more lighthearted episodes in some ways, just more community-based episodes. And I just want to make sure we are still acknowledging that we are coming into Suicide Awareness Month. So we always have links all year long in our show notes to various um, support lines, uh, crisis lines that are available out there. And so... We will still be talking about that at the beginning of every episode, even if what we're going to be focusing on today is actually goblins. Yes, <laughs> Hilariously. Exactly. Goblins. Yeah. Um, and, and one other quick community note, we do have one new thing that this being our first episode back, we get to talk about. I know. Um, the Goblin Lore podcast um, has, has officially uh, joined an organization called the Fireside Alliance. Um, they describe themselves as a independent media network and a progressive community of progressive communities. Um, and they're they're just found at firesidealliance.com. Um, they have a Discord, and it's a bunch of po- uh, podcasts and different content creators who just want to work together to kind of create a good place on the internet. And there's a lot of small you know, groups that have had their own small communities like us here, and and this is trying to kind of join forces and try to work yeah. together to bring build together something. a you know like pretty strong good communities that have that mm-hmm. were already existing in different spheres, whether it be other areas of pop culture, movies, books, um, they kind of cover a wide range of other things that we're kind of, you know, we're, we're newbie in the magic group in there. And um, I also want to say thank you if 
you are listening at all, Chewy from the Mana Pool, who also vouched for us, which is just I was blown away by that. So yeah, I, but, yeah, yeah. That that means a lot. Um, but Chewy and and just the support from the community has kind of got us to this point. Like we're we've been recording for three years now, and the community support that we get, you know, every episode we post, and when we people who interact with us on Twitter and the people who've joined us on our Discord, it's just it means a lot to us, it, and that it's a big part of what keeps us going. Um, we do this because we love it, but also we do it. That helps a lot. Um, to just know that there's there's people who are having these conversations and who are enjoying the content that we put out. And we really appreciate that. And one last thing, too, during this break and just throughout, we've also gotten great support from the Grinding Coffee Company. So our, you know, they, they've just been amazing, you know, us taking a break. And even like you said, when you did the brief hiatus uh, tidbit that we just put out or we that we put out. Um, mentioning the fact that they like tweeted at us, like, we'll be here. Like, you know, we hope you guys are taking care of yourself, basically. And so we want to thank them too, just for continued support and for Hipsters of the Coast and just everybody in our, our Discord in particular. I We could shout them out every single episode because that Discord is active, which is awesome to see and just keeps me going in a lot of ways. Like, and keeps yeah. me engaged. It, yes. And, and as, you know, there's so much there's i know there's there's a lot of negativity in bad places on the internet but there's a lot of great communities too and this is a one that we're a part of and we've talked in the last you know 60 seconds we've mentioned a number of other just wonderful people places and communities um that that have all interacted with us and we are just so happy that these all exist and that we all kind of get to do stuff together um but yeah we're back we're Really happy to be back recording and putting episodes out for you guys. And so let's let's actually get into an episode now that we got all that out of the way. I was like, did we get everything out of the way? <laughs> I don't know, but we'll hopefully we'll figure it out. I mean, we uh, didn't introduce ourselves, so we didn't awkwardly. That's, uh, if there are new people that are joining, yeah, let's uh, let's do that, and then I'll get into the rest of my spiel. So I'm Alex Newman, phoned on Twitter at Mel underscore Chronicler. Uh, I am Hobbs Q, pronouns he, him. I can be found at Hobbs Q um, on Twitter. Yes. So let me do, I got a little, I got a little thing here. So we want to try to do something a little different today. We, we were in, again, now we've had some time to talk. We've had some time to plan and try to, to work some things out. And something we really wanted to return to were goblin profiles. I mean, we are the Goblin Lore Podcast. That's that's some that was supposed to be kind of our first like series that we started. And we did a couple early on, but <laughs> then we kind of forgot about it. And uh, it was like a year, two year, year and a two half, years. two yeah, years between. Like we got, we between back like, to Squee and yeah, June? yeah, yeah. <laughs> this I mean, year? we yeah. I mean, we returned to kind of revisiting Slow Bad, but it really was more. It was it was in a different way. It was under the guise of stigma, but I mean. It, yeah, and yeah. Even, even that was fairly early. I, I think that was still in our first, you know, fifty or so episodes. Oh gosh, okay, that's <laughs> so. Fair. It's it's been a while. Um, so, and so we decided, you know, we really wanted to try to come back to that. Like, so we hit, we did Squee again this year. Like, so it was like, all right, so who else can we talk about? Well, and we've we actually come came to two goblins that we think would be really cool to talk about. Um, unfortunately, there's not a ton of story for them. But as it turns out, Hobbs and I both have a goblin deck built around one of these goblins. And so we're going to leave his, um, the specifics of, of, of Hobbs for another episode. Y'all can ponder that. We're going to talk about Zada today, who um, is a goblin deck, is, is a 
legendary goblin <laughs> around whom I have a EDH deck. Uh, that felt like a weird sentence construction. I apologize for that. <laughs> you got lost halfway because I certainly did. So anyway, today you know, we wanted to return to a goblin profile, but it's going to be a little different because normally we don't really talk about decks and cards and things because despite the fact that we talk about a card game, we don't really talk about the game. <laughs> we usually talk about the story and the lore and the community around the game. Or with the lack of story, which is, <laughs> as we're hearing in every single well, one of these Goblin yeah. profiles, but or, that was kind of the point with Squee. So, yes. yeah. And so today we will talk about story. Zada has some has some interesting story stuff in there, but then we're going to actually talk about specific cards. Um, we're going to talk about this deck that I built and some of the stories around that deck. And I think that ties very nicely into our, our theme of community. Um, and hopefully it, it makes for a, a good episode because, like I said, it's it's a little different, but we're excited about it. So unless you have anything more to, to say about that, no. I've got an opening question here. <laughs> we have opening questions again. This is yeah. fantastic. Yes, it, man, it's <laughs> it's amazing what you can accomplish uh, when, you, when you actually sit down and have a little time to organize. <laughs> we actually used, the, we used our break to actually do stuff. What a it's, uh, concept. It's been quite a while what since a I created show notes for an episode. I, I, I was like, we have show notes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the question that I came up with is, uh, what sorcery or instant would you like to be able to copy targeting all of your friends? Um, that is a little preview of about when we talk about Zada and her cards mechanics. Um, I'm also going to say for anyone who's new, the people who aren't new know exactly what I'm about to say. I came up with this question. I'm also not going to answer the question as it's written um, because that's just how I, that's how I do what I do. So the, the sorcery or instant that I would like to be able to cast and target all of my friends is, and I know this is low hanging fruit, but you know what? I spent a lot of time writing out show notes or something. <laughs> the card I want to cast is cathartic reunion. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's it's been a long time. We've we've got, you know, the covid going on and we've got all sorts of other situations that have have made it very difficult for people to get to hang out and there's a lot of people especially, you know, in in a community built around a game where you play it at a table in a room together. I just I really want to uh to be able to have that for myself but also for for my friends and to to give, you know, people that opportunity to to be able to see friends and family that they haven't been able to see for a while. So I, it's really funny because you, because I, I kind of figured this might be the direction that both <laughs> or one of us would go. Cause I, you know, I was like, ah, I, can, yeah. you know, I could do something like vines of vastwood because I always want to protect my friends. So instead I'm going with just choosing violence and um, <laughs> I, I would cast arc bond. So choose target creature. Whenever that creature is dealt damage this turn, it deals that much damage to each other creature and each player. <laughs> so like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna just i am i'm basically gonna take out the entire table which i will tell you a draw counts as a win for whoever caused the draw so okay so see i'm gonna blasphemous act with that on the stack i'm gonna arc bond targeting me and all of my friends don't I, ask me how this actually works in the real world but if you damage me and my friends we are going to really this is kind of like the if you seek out vengeance, you better dig two kind of thing, situations like grave. Like we're taking you with us, and we probably could have survived anyway. I'm still doing it. I'm still that, doing it. I am so glad you went that direction because, like, 
it's and this is you know we we try to we do things like this we try not to uh tell each other what we're doing just so we can get our own initial reactions to it though i did try to warn you that i was choosing a very obvious low-hanging fruit option <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you would probably know i was picking cathartic reunion and i think it person, was gonna be something with friendships and magic yeah. like and so yeah like i went high concept i was trying to ask philosophical real world sort of you know goofiness thing and you're just like well, we're all, if I'm casting a spell, we're playing magic, we're at a table together anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to wipe out the whole table because <laughs> it would be funny and yeah. it would be great. Yeah. Screw you, friends I haven't seen in a year in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember remember how magic, you know, goes? We're not, this is, we're not here to make friends. We're already friends. We don't got to worry about that anymore. Right. I'm just going to explode everything. Right, exactly. Like, you knew this when you sat down. Yeah. Oh man! All right. Well, that was perfect. So let's <laughs> let's get into some story. Um, you know, there is literally two paragraphs about Zada's story. I think I'm just going to read what we have in the wiki here, and then we can <laughs> talk about it. It is so small, unfortunately. Like I love hey, the card, and I think she's cool, but this is these two paragraphs are almost more than Squee has on the entire Gamepedia. That is so sad because Squee's <laughs> been around forever. <laughs> Oh, now you made me sad. Well, I was already sad. I might have to change my answer, but only when it comes to you. Anyway, so Zada's story. Struck by the insight that the rarest and most powerful artifact was Talk Talk himself. Oh, I think I missed some context. So let's do that. We got two um, paragraphs, but you do actually need context. context. So this Zada is a, uh, is a goblin on... Oh, goodness. Zendikar. There we go. That's the name of the world. So on, on the world of Zendikar, um, which, you know, was host to these Eldritch Horrors, the Eldrazi, and then they were unleashed um, and were just eating everything because that's what Eldritch Horrors do. And so the Zada is from the set where these things are wandering around and the, the people on the planet are trying to figure out how to save their plane. Um, and part of this thing, I, th- I think they discovered that they can use some artifacts like to gain power. Um, and previous to this, the leader of, of their group of goblins, um, well, he became the leader. There's a goblin named Tuck Tuck, who um, is kind of fun, but he has uh, even less story. Than this. Uh, he <laughs> was wandering around old Eldrazi ruins and then got transformed into a colorless artifact creature and then just wandered back to his tribe. And they were so amazed by how powerful he was. He just became the leader. So during all these events of the Eldrazi destroying the plane, Zada, who said, you know, realized the most powerful artifact was Tuk Tuk himself. So Zada convinced the other goblins that Tuk Tuk was contaminated by contact with the Eldrazi and was a dangerously unreliable leader. Uh, she assured them that destroying the construct and consuming its essence would make them virtually immune to the Eldrazi and perhaps confer other benefits as well. So the goblins rose up, overtook, overthrew Tuk Tuk, shattering him into many pieces, and then devoured him. Zada now leads the tribe, directing them to prepare for survival in a world being rapidly consumed by the Eldrazi. Uh, She reasons that places already drained of their power will not be bothered, again, by the monstrous broods, so they are establishing settlements and lands that have already been destroyed. Uh, Looking for ways to secure more shelter amid the brutal uh, white residue, the goblins have developed domes that hang from stone spires or cliffs and are experimenting with building solid slab construction. So she has this story of community rising up against a leader that they didn't think was, was had their best interests at heart and 
trying to prepare for survival in this world that is falling apart, actually literally being consumed. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at this point, the, the world of Zendikar is, is un, you know, it's being warped, physically yes. being warped by the, the power of the Eldrazi. Yes, and, and that kind of gets to um, Zada's card is, is actually called Zada Hedron Grinder. And you can see, like, she's got a giant, like, stone mallet and, a like, a, a big bowl on her back full of hedrons, kind of like, like a mortar pestle <laughs> sort of approach. Um, she, she's a chef. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, and just gonna, cause there's actually only three cards with flavor text from her. So I'm just going to read all three of those to give us a little bit more story to work with here. So the flavor text from Zada's card is a hedron holds magic for a thousand years or less if need be, uh, which is great. Um, it's also a quote I get to see a lot because I play Zada deck. So then the other two are Zada's commandos with a, a quote from Zada saying, there's a word for someone who brings too much gear to battle survivor. Uh, and then there's also probably my favorite because it's a funny one um, on the smash to smithereens promo has all of these relics have one thing in common. Every last one of them is made of smithereens. It's awesome. Right. <laughs> and it also gives uh, Zada uh, a slab haven, like a location. Yes. Oh, it's kind of yes. cool. There's a couple of things too, that I think stand out for me. Uh-huh. Zada is a goblin ally. So oh. she actually pulls into the ally mechanic, which brings up the community aspect a lot more. Yes, so, and um, I'm sorry to interrupt your thought there, but to hopefully to uh, add to it, Zada's commando is also an ally. Yes, mm-hmm. that has an ability that lets you tap other allies. You get to use it. There, you get to use Zada's commandos. Is which also, uh, yeah. So yeah. the other thing is that Zada is a named female goblin which is not something that we actually get a lot of in magic or a lot of in kind of goblin lore that we know of. You mean, we, we kind of talk about like even women goblins are kind of made fun of on the original flavor text, like goblin lore. Like, I mean, it's, it's because it's like supposed to be like this grandmother that the kids just like ignoring, but female goblins and named female goblins and actually identified gender of goblins this is not that common. Like, I don't know if we have another legendary goblin um, female. The blue red is it one from Commander? Oh, is, that's cool. I cannot think of her name right now. Mizix. Mm, okay, so we got two. Yeah. Okay. In a in um, file smasher. Oh, so there's, a there's a couple. Okay, but they're all fairly recent. I mean, they are. Okay. I guess these are like five or six years, which doesn't feel as recent. But we've been playing Magic for over a decade. It, it yes. Does. Yeah, it does. It feels like it does. It just okay. Well, at least there's more than I actually thought, and and now my point is moot. No, it's not. No, I, I think it's a good point, it, <laughs> and, and it's a thing that is happening more. But it is a thing that did not happen for a while. And among them, Zada is the only leader. Yes, and, yes. Couple, yeah. But Zada becomes a leader of her people, trying to protect them, trying to and and in more than one way. Like this is an unreliable leader. He's been contaminated. Throw him down. To, you know, find different ways to adapt to their environment, looking for ways to survive as opposed to, you know, being, I don't want to say being intelligent, but that's a thing. Goblins tend not to get the planning capability when in, in fantasy properties, goblins don't tend to plan. They, they just run at the problem. They're cannon fodder for the bad guys usually. Yeah. And so goblins this- like snowflakes are only dangerous in numbers. I mean, the idea behind <laughs> yes. our show with the community aspect is kind of this idea, though, that there are 
so many of us and that it's just like pure numbers tends to be what goblins do they just throw a number of things at you yes and and i like that that there's a lot more to her story than even just throwing down the leader and becoming a leader. Like there's other steps. Like we're going to do this. We're going to try these things. We're going to reason, Hey, they're destroying the planet. And this area is already, you know, they wrecked this up and left. It, it might be safer. Let's try over here. Love that. Um, also, you know, despite not having a lot of story, she does have a lot of community and, you know, we've kind of talked about what's there, but again, there's a strong community tie to her story and her mechanics, which we'll get into in a little bit. You know, also just a quick thing, uh, her story of gathering the community, seizing power, eating the rich in magic, a uh, former leader who was corrupted by ancient Eldritch magic might be a story some so, uh, some folks find <laughs> resonance with these days. Just kind of throw that uh, that those story beats out there for, for y'all to examine and, and see if you decide there's some some interesting stuff in there. Um, unless you get so anything else to add there. Well, let's talk mechanics. Uh, yeah. my friend Mel underscore chronicler. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start, let's start with, um, let's start with her mechanic and then I'll talk a little bit about the story of the deck and we can get into some specific cards. So Zada, um, three, three for four. And to be honest, that doesn't matter as much a Zada's ability. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only Zada, Hedron Grinder, Copy that spell for each other creature you control, and that uh, spell could target. Each copy targets a different one of those creatures. So basically any spell that has tar- uh, instant or sorcery that has target on it, you point it at her, it points at the rest of you. Get, you get to copy it for all your creatures. And talking from a Mel standpoint, like this is why I wanted to build this deck. That's super interesting to me because it... it there's a lot of cards that you get to completely reevaluate how they work when you get to do this effect. Um, and for for those who are curious, there was um, one of the old Nephilim from the uh, first time around that Ravnica happened actually had an ability like this. It's a little bit like bigger and splashier because it um, Ink Treader Nephilim was whenever a player plays an instant or sorcery spell. If Ink Treader is the only target, copy that spell for each other creature that the spell could target. So that includes any player cat targeting the Nephilim hits every creature on the board, potentially. Yes. So there, I, like, I know the Nephilim aren't legendary. That's a big talk in the community about you know what creatures should be legendary and or get played as commanders, even though technically they can't. Like I have a friend who used to play an Ink Treader Nephilim deck, and it's chaos. It's and that's part of the reason why I saw Zada and was like, well, now I get to actually play this deck as a as a actual legendary creature if I want to build this. Um, though I honestly I thought about building an Ink Treader deck before that and was like, went with this. But another reason I went with this, and this is kind of the story of of this deck. Um, it it fits the theme of community because, and you know, not just because it makes itself a bunch of goblin tokens, which I'll get into in a bit. I first built this deck as a uh, dollar general deck, and and that is a format that the Minneapolis, um, or kind of our Minneapolis play group that Hobbs and I are part of, has played a lot. It was kind of made by accident by Alexito. Yeah, um, kind of. I mean, it was kind of like a, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, 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 kind of looking for a challenge, and yep. yes, it ended up kind of 
he put up he put up like a Twitter poll because he wanted to do a deck building challenge, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. And he asked like how much should be the max for this deck, and he put up different dollar amounts. You know, I think two dollars was the most, and then it was like two one fifty one, and then maybe fifty cents. Maybe it was those four. I can't remember precisely, but I know a dollar one. So yeah, it did. Pull. And initially, we were calling it like one dh. That's right. It's 1DH. had it's had multiple different names, yes. and part of this is because you see, because how the community. It, expands and, and is really intertwined uh-huh. here in Minneapolis. Um Ryan Sanio was already writing for hipsters and started writing about once we got this format kind of up and running, like, okay, cool. How do I then find new cards for this? Um and so he actually has a yeah. whole series just called Dollar General. Uh-huh. Which I think came out of a joke just to do with like the dollar stores. The, yes. There is there's a, there is one we, called Dollar General. Yes. And so yeah. Well and you know you have a general and commander, or an EDH. I think an EDH is a general. Yes, it, Ryan is very clever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's very clever. Um, so that is, I, I built my my Zada deck as a dollar general deck when I was looking because that was just, you know, it came, we were playing around the time this came out, this set the that that Zada was printed in. So I think I just did like TCG player legend under a dollar or something. And I just went through this huge long list of legends and I got to Zada. I was like, you know what? I want to build this deck anyway. Let's see what happens. And the deck actually works really well because most of the best cards in it are weird combat tricks that nobody uses outside of limited. So they're all like 10 cents. Right. I mean, this is like the perfect. I mean, so, you know, when we started this format, it was the same sort of thing. Um, Mono red, it can be a natural starting place if you think about it Uh for a lot of people. So I started with a Zosu the Punisher deck because the first time that people actually wanted to play this when we got together in person, I hadn't had time to build the deck. So in the 20 minutes while we were waiting for people to show up at Ryan's house, I literally went through and pulled out every card over a dollar and then just threw in (laughs) random red cards that were either in my binder or another player at the table's binder or boxes or whatever. And then some basic lands to then even up the count a bit more because I don't even know if I had playables. But it was like I went through and there was only a handful of cards that actually needed to come out. You know, I don't know that I knew that story. I knew you had your Zozu deck. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that as a, a something you can theorize about whether that's the deck he's going to talk about. You know, in our next yeah, because that, that is another goblin right There's there. <laughs> it may or may not be the deck that he's going to talk about. Anyway, um, I didn't realize that you just kind of threw that together on the spot. See, yeah, because I I knew that most of the stuff in the deck I like went through the decks that were in my that I had with me and was like, well, what can I make cheap? Ah, yeah. I am sure that most things in this, that was also a funny moment of discovering that like Platinum Imperion was like a $30 card at the time. Because <laughs> I was like, no, it's not. I'm sure I'll be able yeah. to keep this card in the deck. Oh my God. That's, that is such a, a famous, you, you buy cards, you play them for five years and you don't, re, you have no idea what, what value they are. Oh yeah, you know value. That's just, yeah. I think that's, I think that's a fairly common story in the community. At least it has been for me. Well, and like I built, cause I built a lot of dollar general decks partially. Like one of the things I loved about it is I could build them for like $30. So most of mine, and in fact, all of them, I don't think I built a single one out of cards that I had though. That was kind of a point. For, I know some people love the ability to just pull out their bulk boxes and build a deck. For me, I would just go to a store, you know, card kingdom or some of our local stores or whatever, go to a website pull up, you know, and just start building the deck or build the deck somewhere else. But like, then just check out all the whole deck in one chunk from one place. 
just because then I have the whole thing. I know what the prices are on it. I know it all fits that that thing. That's and I, that's what I like to do. And and then I had a brand new deck that I didn't have to go digging through boxes for. That was pretty cheap to put together. So uh, one other thing I have to share before we move yeah. on to into your deck is to just I want to point out Alex's brain because it's something that I love. <laughs> so. Uh, the other thing that was kind of a nostalgic piece of this that ended up becoming part of kind of the oh, the, the yeah. nature of this is that there was also kind of a recapturing of kind of how you used to play Magic. And, and for a lot of us, this was kind of learning with whatever cards were around. I didn't have sleeves. I didn't even know what sleeves were. Mm-hmm. These decks were rubber banded, thrown into a Ziploc bag, which became known as like the deck box in our thing. Ryan once showed up with like a target bag that he just wrote playmat on. Oh, he um, did more than that. He actually put, took he put like zones? Sharpie, he put zones <laughs> on there. He made it an actual playmat because there's playmats that have like the command zone and the different zone, the graveyard and the deck. He did all that with a paper target so the first time that we actually did an exchange so we've done like secret santas of this um where we kind of just like randomly exchange decks and one of the places we did this was at gp minneapolis and Mm -hmm. um i mean you're literally like everybody's just throwing out these like rubber banded unsleeved decks and alex sets down a deck box (laughs) with with penny sleeves which was like as far as you would go that was my first deck was penny sleeves the uh, the uh, the last time we did this, we actually did this at a local brewery that uh, I be- somebody in the group set up. I, I would just guess Mike because uh, Mike actually, I think it was Alex. It was Alex. It was okay. actually was Alex. Say, yeah, I know other people in the, in the group do some stuff like that. That makes perfect sense. But so set up, you know, talk to them and said, "Hey, can we use your back room for an event?" And we got like what, like twelve or fourteen people? Maybe it wasn't quite that big, but we got a bunch of us there. Um, for for this exchange, and I actually had not only a deck box, but I put them at dragon shields because I had a whole bunch of extra dragon shields. And it's I can't not sleeve a deck. <laughs> I can't not sleeve a deck. I get the whole nostalgia thing, and I appreciate <laughs> that. In fact, because the deck I got from from Nate, um, I think it was in penny sleeves, which I really appreciated. But then it was also in a. It, but this was beautiful tech. I love that he did this. So it was in a Ziploc bag. But then he took like uh, a top loader and put the commander and some tokens in the top loader and made like a little pouch with some tape and taped that to the outside of the Ziploc bag. It was as as a as a mill who you know appreciates mechanics and things like it was perfect. I loved that. At one point, um, one of the times that we got together to play this uh, at that brewery, they had one of those card shufflers, and I ran a one DH deck through a card shuffler, <laughs> like one of those automatic card shufflers. Yeah. Uh, I'm like the other end of the spectrum from you yeah, when it comes I mean, to this. And that was like, there were what, five people? So they did a pod of Iron Man 1DH at GP Minneapolis. <laughs> where every it's time a, a card yeah. was destroyed, every time a card no. hit exile or, gra- or your graveyard. Or graveyard from any me- means, including any Mill. Means. Yeah, including Mill, you tore it up. <laughs> and it was, I didn't participate because I couldn't in good conscience do this. But it was one of the like most fun I've ever had watching someone else play Magic, and less for them because they're great. I love I love this <laughs> the whole group. I love everybody who, in in the group. But it was the faces on all the passerbys, <laughs> and they just watched someone like mill three cards because Mike Lineman loved he played straight up mill. Mill deck. Borthos and Mike straight up played mill. Borthos, he's just 
again, I love everybody in this group. It's amazing. But so he would milk somebody and you'd watch them like, okay, one, two, three. And they just start to tear it. And just the looks on people's faces. It was, oh, it was amazing. It was so good. But so we're going to talk a little bit about yeah. the community element to it and get back to this. But now that we've yes. set up well, and, and that, what that 1DH is. Yes. I mean, and, and to talk about the community, like one of the things and I, I wanted to, I'm going to circle back to this, the, the dollar, the, the secret Santa things. Cause I want to explain how we set that up because I think that was probably my favorite like events that I've done in, in this community. And there's so much stuff I've done in the magic community and the Minneapolis magic community specifically that I love, but these events were just to me so wonderful because we would, everyone would bring a deck. And again, because these are so cheap, it is really easy to bring a deck you're not going to keep because, you know, if you want to build it, if you want to put it, you know, buy it like I do, you build it out of your bulk. It, these things are really easy to put together. And surprise, some of these are surprisingly good and powerful. You can get I the deck I actually got in our last one had an infinite combo in it, despite being all dirt cheap cards. Um, but then everybody brings them, you throw them in the middle of a table and then we just roll and you just grab a deck out of the pile and then you play it. And that deck you get to bring home. And I just, I love the community aspect of we all bring a deck. We all get to play something wildly different that we've never even seen. We don't look at it. You just shuffle it up and you start playing and see what happens. And there's, I don't know, for me, at least as a person who has not a, I don't want to say not a single, but I have very little spike instinct in me. I have very little competitive instinct in me. I just like to play games and hang out with friends. And this was like the perfect way to do that for me. So moving on from that, we'll talk about the actual deck. So in a lot of ways, my Zada deck, because I, I mentioned, you know, Zada's mechanics are you throw spells targeting only Zada and Zada radiates them out to all of your, uh, all your creatures that that spell could target. So it's basically just a combo deck um, with, with two specific things that I need but they're all interchangeable pieces in those two categories. I need a bunch of creatures, which I usually get through a bunch by making tokens, and I need combat tricks. And those combat tricks then, you know, are normally, again, in, in Commander, really bad card advantage <laughs> when you, you cast a one or two mana red, you know, cantrip, or, uh, cantrip or, or combat trick, and you're only getting a little tiny bonus. But now they're pumping my whole team, the entire thing. Yeah, let's look at like let's take Crimson Wings. Yes, this, this is, is this is like amazing. This is a whole cycle from Shadowmoor. They, they they all were one mana cantrips that did like some effect and changed the color of whatever creature you targeted. But then, because they're they're cantrips, that means that they say draw a card on them. So this one, target creature becomes red and gains haste until end of turn. Draw a card. So that card. Isn't great in Commander. I don't know that there's any other deck I've played in. There probably is some, but it's very small. I don't want to say there's none. I'm sure there's, <laughs> there's so many legends these days. But like in this deck, if I have six creature tokens on the board and I cast this targeting Zada, I now draw seven cards for one mana. That's a pretty good rate. Um, also, it's nice because it's an instant that gives them haste. There are... A lot of cards I have, mostly at sorcery speed, that make creature tokens. And so usually one one of the big disadvantages of this deck is it can sometimes be 
it, it takes a couple of steps to get going. So people can kind of see when I'm set up and ready and be ready for it. You know, if I make seven creatures this turn, normally I have to pass a turn. They all have summoning sickness. They can't attack. But then if I cast something like this, not only do I fill my hand back up with more stuff that I can cast that they don't know what it is, but now all of a sudden my whole board can attack. I'm ready to go instant notice, you know, ready to attack. So so instant ways to get haste are really good in this deck. <laughs> um, Anything that says draw a card. <laughs> yes, and I have... <laughs> Crimson Whispers is a good example, and this is one I use because specifically like people who've been building Zada decks, this is a Shadowmore. So this card has been out for a long time. So this is one that is in a lot of Zada decks. Also because it gets haste. Like the haste in the card. The card's the big one. The haste is also good. But I have five or six cards that do this that are just cantrips. I mean, even in something like... Um, I should have put an example in here, but there's cards that are like, target creature can't block this turn. Draw a card. <laughs> I'll cast it on my creatures. I don't care. It's my turn. I'm attacking. I don't care if they block. Um... So that's the same kind of thing. And some of these are good, even if I'm not trying to set up the win this turn. It's red. Red is not very good at card draw, but this deck needs cards. So if I can get a few creatures on the board and people aren't really scared of five 1-1 tokens and Zada sitting there, or to be honest, because Zada's ability doesn't even require summoning sickness, I can cast Zada and then cast one of these things the same turn to try to refill my hand to get set up for the next turn. So that's, again, it's talking about cards that are just very different in the context of this situation. And, and very different in the context of like any of the other legendary goblins that we've talked about from a mechanical standpoint. We're, you know, w- when we talk goblins, we generally think of goblins as being like, you want to have abilities on goblins that benefit goblins, right? Like you, you want goblins that are all goblins are going to get plus one, plus one in haste or all goblins get mountain walk. All goblins, you know, sack a goblin at a mana. This and I is, do have some of those. You have some of those. but Those this, are the traditional it, ones that people expect to be good. And they are. No, yeah. Th- this is a lot more of just like it's a token deck in some ways. I mean, this is like I don't play a lot of goblin token makers. You know, mm-hmm. this is a whole different angle to come at goblins from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I love this deck is as I as I built it, like I built it fairly quickly just to put it together and try this deck out. But I fell in love with it in a hurry. Like I played this deck for I still have it together. Like I first put this deck together five or six years, and I'm not a person who tends to keep decks together. I have I have only a couple that I've kept together uh, more than a to be honest. Some of them, some of my decks, I'll play one game and tear it apart. But this is one of the few that I've kept together and not only kept together for a long time, I, I, I kept it, as, it. I would play it in just normal commander, despite the fact that it was built as a dollar general deck. But fairly recently, I actually went and up- updated it then to put in some cards that are more expensive than a dollar. There wasn't too many, but especially a lot of the, the, the lords like like Hobbs was saying, a lot of the cards that give all goblins plus one plus one and this ability or that ability because they are good in this deck. Yeah. But they're good in every goblin deck, and they're not going. So, and they're not going to be a dollar if you're because no, we've talked about no, converting it numerous times. But they're not going to be a dollar. No, Goblin King was the only one I played in the original incarnation, and that's because it was printed enough that I that there was a version that was like ninety five cents. <laughs> so I was able to put Goblin King in the deck, and which was kind of fun. You know, I got to play the original Goblin Lord that was in Alpha, but I wasn't able to play any of the others because they were all too expensive. 
But I mean, ultimately for this deck, they're good, but they're not as good as some of these other pieces because it's it's a combo deck. Um, and one of the the cards that I really like, it's to me, especially as a male, it's super interesting, though it's kind of anti-Vorthos for Zada's whole story. And that's Otherworldly Outburst. Um, for a red, target creature gets plus one, plus zero oh into land of turn. When that creature dies this turn, put a 3-2 colorless Eldrazi horror God, creature token onto the battlefield. so good. But this it is, is so resilient for goblins. Yes. And, you know, again, it's kind of anti-Vorthos there, where I'm just leaning into the Eldrazi, and I'm turning all my goblins into Eldrazi, unlike Zada, who's trying to do the opposite and save them from the Eldrazi. <laughs> but sometimes when, you know, you're you're playing the game, you gotta you got to play the game. And this card is so good for keeping my creatures alive because there's one thing about one one tokens is they tend to die they die a lot and they die easily even you pump them up with some combat tricks and this allows me some flexibility too where i don't have to like try to make attacks that are going to win the game i can make attacks to try to take some blockers out do some damage to people knowing that i can throw this out and refill my board with bigger creatures to set up for the next turn and have a better board state for myself. It's just also, it's instant speed. So, mm-hmm. you know, your board starts to spiral. Somebody yes. decides that they're going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And you start well, the next turn with just instead, you know, and like it's, oh, 10 yeah. three twos. Yeah, and it's in, you're right. And because it's an instant, I cast it on their turn. If they board wipe, uh, you just upgraded all my creatures. At least on the board presence side. I mean, I prefer goblins over Eldrazi. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I was about to say, like, man, this cast (laughs) is going downhill quick because we're going to have to fire one of the hosts. And Eldrazi, uh, join me on the Eldrazi Lore podcast. It'll be me and maybe Ryan Sanyo. Um, (laughs) He has an Eldrazi deck for those who don't know. It's it's so good. And sometimes I hate playing it because it's really good. Um, Anyway, so uh, two other, like, big explosive cards that I just. I just love um, Teamer Battle Rage. Target creature gains double strike until end of turn, and then it has Ferocious. So if the creature, that creature also gains Trample if I control a creature with power four or greater. Zada's only three, most of my goblins are one, but this is a really good coup de gras to put at the end of a chain where I've, you know, resolved several uh, combat tricks, and it's not very hard to get Zada to be at least, you know, or actually, I'd have to all the tokens too, but it's not very hard to get all my goblin tokens at least four power. No, and, and what's none. also incredible. So I had not seen this card until you mm-hmm. actually put it in the show notes. Uh, Fists <laughs> of Flame. Oh. I'm guessing it must have come out like during a period yeah. where I wasn't paying attention. That uh, see, this is Commander Legends. It came out before that. I'm trying to remember what set it was. Uh, in. Modern Horizons One. Modern Horizons. Thank you, because I actually have gotten to play this in a in a in a game. I got to play it at least once before I stopped playing Magic due to the COVID. You, sorry, you introduced the card. You you say what it does. <laughs> so the card basically is it's a it's a two mana that you draw a card. So until end of turn, target creature gains trample and gets plus one plus zero oh for each card you've drawn this turn. So I don't even want to do the combat math. Math it's, is for blockers anyway, it, so it doesn't oh matter. My God. It is, you just yeah rough to well maybe not rough is the right term but it does force you uh, to think about numbers, but it is so good in this deck because again like it has a single target 
So I cast Zada, and now I create a copy for everyone. And so let's say it's just a normal turn. All I've done is drawn my card for the turn. Fist of Flame gives me a second card. That creature gets plus two, plus oh. Well, now the next creature, the next one, gets three because I draw another card. And then the next one is four and five and six. And so it does make the math a lot more complicated. Um, one of the nice things about this deck most of the time is it's like I got Zada and 14 one ones. And so it's just whatever the stack of combat tricks say. But like, And they all add up to power six or whatever. So that tends to make the math much easier for both me and the flockers. This card complicates that. But it's so good. Because <laughs> again, it's this, so good. this actually manages to do both the drawing cards to fill my hand and the pumping all my stuff up. And this is another one that, again, like unlike Team or Battle Rage, Team or Battle Rage is great. That's a good way to like basically overrun and win the game. But Fists of Flame is kind of like Otherworldly Outburst, where now I don't have to win the game in this turn because this will fill my hand back up. So all this attack for me, to, to be advantageous for me, only has to do you know enough damage to the board, enough damage to blockers, enough damage to people's faces to have set me up in a good position for then the next turn where I have a full hand to start all over again. Even if they wipe my, even if they wipe my board, I can start rebuilding it then. Um, that's one thing with this deck. A lot of times I'm trying to kind of play a game in the middle where I'm waiting to see how much I can build and how much I can do to start to... I, it's hard to chip away at people with this deck. You kind of have to go for big swings unless you have one of these couple of cards that lets you rebuild after. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some of these that you said you can withstand. The resiliency comes in the ability to draw a ton of cards when it mm -hmm. comes to a deck like a Zada deck. It, your, your resiliency comes in by being able to refill your hand, usually at instant speed, off of these like one mana cantrips that mm -hmm. basically are, are red draw 20. Um, at times, um, <laughs> you know, and so it's like, that's it, just, it, it, there is a resiliency that's, that's there. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. the hardest part probably is, is trying to rebuild mana just because this is, it yes. gets mana intensive given it is mono red. Yes. And, and mono red does not have a lot of good ramp. It does oh. not have a lot of good uh, get I mean, more lands thing. That's the, that's one of the big weaknesses I can't do a whole lot about with this deck. This just makes me want to, I mean, I mana geysers in like every deck I want to play though. Mm. So, I mean, I have a few things. There's <laughs> like Brightstone. Again, I didn't put this in the show notes. I don't know why I didn't. There's a card from legions, I think, or a uh, scourge block. Um, red, uh, Brightstone Ritual. You gain one mana for every run red for every goblin you control. Mm -hmm. um, that mm -hmm. helps. Brightstone Ritual is real good. That one is that one is is less rebuild, and that's more of a set up my final combo. <laughs> like I have seven goblins ready to attack, do the thing, cast a bunch of spells. Um, but like you said, the cantrips can really help, especially at instant speed, because then I, if the combat goes poorly. You know, there's board wipes. There's even, you know mass bounce whatever thing is happening for someone to try to like totally destroy what i have i can at least go okay well now i'm going to draw six cards i'm going to draw 10 cards and that's always good when you can do when you can do that <sighs> so rule and, and goblin token makers i'm going to just hit a couple i mean like siege gang is the obvious um siege gang commander do you have the deck list somewhere oh by the way, um, I will. Thanks, because I, I, I was going to say I'll I will sure actually I get it for post the show this. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll take care of that. Um, 
But so, like, just CGN Commanders is in, you know, every goblin deck. You make three goblins, then you can pay red and one sack goblin to do two damage to a target. It's a good card in this deck. Um, there are, to be honest, probably better token makers. But getting four bodies for, for one card is really good in the deck. It's just five mana is basically my turn. Which, there are games, there are turns where that's just fine. Um, one I want, did want to highlight is Goblin Slide. Um, this, I kind of put in, I wasn't sure if it was going to be good, and it turns out like it's really good in this deck. No, you put it in because of the podcast. You could admit you know, it. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's actually, the, the story of it is, I, the podcast has that tagline because of this card. It is. Because it's in my deck. Anyway, because so, this is in your deck. <laughs> it's, a, it's an enchantment. We'll actually talk about the card instead of talking around it. Um, it's an enchantment that says, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may pay one generic mana. If you do, put a 1-1 red goblin creature token with haste onto the battlefield. So it gives me haste, which is kind of nice. It, it helps me to build more creatures. It's a repeatable way to do it, which I love. Because then it's like, you know, if I cast a sorcery that gives me goblins, I can pay more to get more goblins. If I'm casting Crimson Wisps to draw cards, I get to make a goblin out of that. There's a lot of just incense and sorceries in this deck, so it's good repeatable. But as Hobbs was saying, the flavor text on the card is goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers. Um, and actually, I found, I was playing this deck at GP uh, Minneapolis right after we started the podcast. And I just happened to be like reading flavor decks. I think we were waiting for a game to start or waiting for someone to come back from something. And I saw this and I pointed it out to Joe because I just thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, hey, that's great. And he's like, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. And that's been an outro ever since. <laughs> So, you know, uh, you, one of the things I was thinking is uh, this is, like, you know, some of our legends we've talked about. Cranko is obviously still very good mm -hmm. in this type of a deck. Both oh, versions yes. of Cranko, you know, you, you do get to play some of that. It, it really does. It's, 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 it tends to be a lot more of a spell heavy deck versus uh -huh. even though you're swarming with creatures. Like I said, once again, I generally think of just I'm trying to cast goblins. Yeah, I just love yeah. I love Zada for this reason. Yeah, and it's it's nice. You just and like I said, I I love it's to be honest. Is after I started playing Commander, that's why I started. Uh, I still appreciated like drafting and, and limited because those were environments where you got to play cards you just didn't get to play in other formats. There are things that just don't matter. <laughs> like the card, I, a lot of the cards in this deck are just not impactful enough to to be worth a card slot in in other commander decks but in this commander deck they are way more impactful than anything else could be in that card slot and i love that idea and that's why i love this format in this game because it's i think mark rosewater who head designer of magic says a lot that magic isn't one game magic is a hundred games that all use the same game pieces and it, it, that is such a perfect like example of, of that like I said, I think this has been a fun, fantastic way to look at a creature that is a goblin. Like there's a goblin profile. There is an element of the community that we really see in Zada. Mechanically, she is just so different than what you I mean. That's the thing. She's meant to be built around. I mean, it's perfect oh, for yeah. EDH and hilariously, especially for 1DH. I mean, yes, you don't need to upgrade this deck and it can play. I've seen this deck play with other like expensive full mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it EDH decks. Yeah, it it holds its own against against commander decks of 
know, I, I'll say I'm not playing in like competitive, you know, combo leagues, but I, you know, I'm playing against, you know, you know, some of my friends and, and folk and then the people in the greater Minneapolis group. So there's there, you no know, slouches with deck building. There's some powerful decks in the, in this community that, Except that mine. Play. Just, Except yours. We don't need to. Hobbs never to plays anything ever. Powerful. He has no spike instinct whatsoever. No, no, no. no. Uh, there was not a situation where I played a webcam game and, and got a comment of, you know, after your appearance on Goblin Lore and how you are online, I never expected your decks to be like that. I have never heard anything like that because I don't play any cards that would be considered spiky. No, none. My, Hobbs does not play to win. He just plays to have fun. I don't even know. I don't even know We're, what those cards do. <laughs> and you know that's that's a joke by the way <laughs> stage whisper carries on the mic <laughs> um, it's a good thing you're using yeah. the yeti we can definitely hear the stage whisper <laughs> so perfect that, that's that's great like as opposed to my old crappy mic that i used when we started recording way back when uh yeah i still cringe a little bit i think we did some good content today or in general in general i i am i am <laughs> proud of our whole backlog in what we talked about but not always how they sound when you listen to them unfortunately that's just a thing you learn as you do that's anything the more you do it the more you know about it the better you get at it but that's a ridiculous aside but which is what we want to do so i don't know why i'm always like so yeah let's make it more awkward by pointing it out which is the goal but anyway we've been talking for 53 minutes for a return alex we have we want to thank everybody that, you know, this once again, um, if you've made it this far, thank you again <laughs> for putting up with uh, yes. us and for joining us because it is the community. I mean, it's funny. Zada actually is a perfect representation of the cast in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. Really, this idea that like I think both of us wanting to be a little bit silly with our answers or you be a little bit, you know, <laughs> you'd be a little bit nicer and heartwarming, but still, you know, we low hanging fruit. We knew where we were going with this, but Zada, it, 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 it works. I feel like this does describe a community that is healthy is that idea that Zada as a leader is really meant to make everyone around her stronger, especially when it comes to goblins, which are fragile. I mean, mm-hmm. like, Using it in this way is ways to kind of protect its ways. I mean, there's ways that you can use that you get to target your own creature to save the others. I mean, you know, we'll 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 joke about what we said with our friends, but you know, something like an otherworldly outburst that's just like, oh, cool, you get to you get to save a creature and turn it into a three-two is is like very, very good in a deck like this. And there are so many cards that you can try to discover for a mm-hmm. deck like this that are really built around resiliency i mean she is resilient she makes your deck resilient even if it's just i refilled my hand because it's a goblin deck and you know a board wipe really kills us yeah like there's a reason that i rely heavily on living death in decks yeah and and that's a thing that you know mono red can be really bad at and goblins in especially in mono red can be really bad at but because of zada's unique abilities it just this deck has capacities that are unheard of in other places and are unique in, in this place. I do want to give one quick shout out to Ryan Sullivan, who's on our discord because, uh, also has, he also has a, a Zada deck and I have learned some new tech from him and I cannot wait to try it out. I haven't had a chance because again, I haven't played magic much recently, but, um, that has been fun too. Part of our 
community just getting to talk to someone else who has you know the same commander and has found some different things and different ways that they've built it i mean it was just like you know fun talking to people in the minneapolis group who build the same commander i, I can't tell you just conversations with someone who has a kozilek deck same kozilek as me built a little differently and so it's fun to see that and talk about community building that works too Community building. That's what we're here for. Yep. And we will be catching you all again. And we're going to be talking another goblin and another goblin deck that is. Also has a story. Also has a story and potentially maybe very different than this goblin deck. Yeah. Potentially. You'll have to tune in. You'll have to figure it out. Well, you'll figure it out when you listen. I was going to say, or like. They get like halfway through the episode. They're like, it's the same deck. We we need you to solve a puzzle and email us. I don't know what our email is. So that joke fell flat, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, actually, if people do ever want to email the show, it is in our outro, but it is uh, goblinlorepodcast at gmail.com. I think we say to email us your thoughts, hopes, and dreams or questions. Yeah. Yeah. Any of those sound good. All those sound good to me. And that's our show for today. You can find the host on Twitter. HobbsQ can be found at HobbsQ. And Alex Newman can be found at Mel underscore Comicler. Send any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to at GoblinLorePod on Twitter or email us at GoblinLorePodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support your friendly neighborhood gobsled, the cast can be found at Patreon.com slash GoblinLorePod. Opening and closing music by Vendor.com who can be found on Twitter at Vindergotten or online at vindergotten.bandcamp.com. Logo art by Steven Raphael, who can be found on Twitter at Steve Raphael. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Tipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content, as well as magic content of all kinds. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at hipstersofthecoast.com. Thank you all for listening. And remember, goblins like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers.